Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network. Definitely check out their materials for sure. Let's dive in straight away to Season 6, Episode 4, and today we will be discussing the importance of the filler. Now, if you are a board gamer, you know what I'm talking about, and if you're not a board gamer, I'll be filling that in, but if you are a teacher, you need to stay in on this particular episode because we have lots to discuss and lots to sort of help you understand sort of this this important piece that should find its way into each and every one of your classrooms. If you're a new teacher, this is definitely going to be something that you're going to want to pick up and put into your toolbox moving forward. And if you are a teacher that has been around for a while, like myself, I this is a this is a thing that I grab from my toolbox quite often, so it's good to have. Uh, I have to probably before we get into the episode apologize for my my voice here. It sounds a little muffled or congested. That is because I am recovering from COVID. So uh, this this will be the thing that I do today. The only thing I do today, and then it's back to uh, recovering, I guess. Uh, I go back to school tomorrow. I've been out for a while, and it uh, the struggle's real. I'll tell you that. For those of you that haven't had COVID yet, uh, I definitely suggest getting vaccinated. That definitely helped make it not so bad, uh, but it, it is real. You are tired, and it wallops you. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into today's topic the filler the importance of the filler now the history at least for me where this this term the filler sort of comes in is in my love of board games and we will get to how this plays out in your classroom soon enough i promise i definitely promise but i want to give you a little backstory so when you're <laughs> when you're nerdy like me and i can play games i can play a lot i can play a game a day for sure and sometimes you like those game nights, you know, uh, pre COVID, I used to have Thursday nights were my game nights. Some people would come over and we'd play, you know, a three hour game or something like that, or a couple two hour games or a couple one hour games or whatever. You get the idea. It was, it was a, it was a big chunk of time and it was so fun. People came over, we had a little dinner together and then we played a game together and I loved it. I absolutely love it. You guys should think about having board game nights at your house for sure. Maybe that's a post-COVID thing. I don't know. But uh, the filler is this idea in board games where you need something little. Something that can just sort of fill in this right little space. And fillers would be great for maybe the beginning of the night. You kind of want to get everybody loosened up, like talking. You don't want it to be into a heavy game yet. You don't want them crunching numbers. You want to still say hi to everybody. And you kind of want to be playful with everybody. Be a great opener. Just a short little 15, 20-minute game to sort of get us all laughing, joking, and, and you know at the table. It can make a really good middle if you're doing a board game night and you're going to play like a couple games sometimes after you finish up that 90 minute game 
And before you launch into another like one hour or 90 minute game, maybe you want to play something light, spice it up here in the middle. That's great. And as you can see, it is a great way to end an evening. So you've played the big game, but people aren't leaving yet. And you kind of want to liven it up a little bit or do something little or light. They're great. Now, some of these, some examples of fillers, really it's the fillers are more rules and time bound than other games. So, uh, to, to fit in that filler class, it needs to be something that's easy to pick up, easy to understand, and fit in a short amount of time. Because even like a half hour or 40 minute game, that's starting to not be a filler. Because like you're playing it around other 90 to two minute, two hour games, and then all of a sudden you're playing a 45 minute filler. Like, ah. So a filler really has got to be 30 minutes or less and more on that or less side of things. There are all sorts of fillers in in board games. Uh, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my for uh, for instance, like Point Salad is a really good one. If you haven't played that, it's light, easy to pick up. Everybody likes it. Um, I'm trying to think of others. Oh, uh, a lot of those hidden deduction games, like One Night Werewolf, would be one. Uh, the Night of the Ninja is a good one, like that. Um, so yeah, just short, light fillers that you can play a lot of those roll and writes that we played on the uh, global let's play channel uh at the beginning of covid that would be an example of it too so lots of different examples of these and they fit into your night so well so now i want to turn towards the how this is in our classroom like why why are the concept of a filler needed in our classrooms so I'm going to start by saying one of the whys for me is that kids go from one academic class to the next, to the next, to the next. And most classes, I don't want to say all classes, but most classes follow sort of a similar cadence, right? There's like some sort of bell ringer or some sort of get started activity. Then maybe there's a little teacher instruction, teacher directions, and then the kids do some sort of, they execute on those directions or work or practice or whatever. And then they go to the next class. Now, while they might be doing math in one class, science in another, history in another, English in another, it's that similar cadence. And to break up that day a little bit, to break up that monotony of your own class, if you happen to have block schedule or you teach for longer blocks, this can be really important to sort of shake things up. Uh, So I think one, fillers are needed to to create a, a space, a, f- a feeling, uh, a transition, right? And that's what they play in the board game night, and that's what they play in our classroom. So we definitely need some fillers in our day. And just like the board game night, we can't have it take too long, specifically because we're talking about our classrooms now. We have some things to get done. We have some things we have to accomplish, scope and sequence, whatnot, district goals, district assessments. So we can't dedicate like two days to the fillers, right? It's got to fit. It's got to fit right there, just like the filler had to fit in the board game nights. So one, to create that space. Two, to create that community. I don't know if you heard me talk in the board game night, but a lot of these board games that are fillers are lighter. They don't take the mental energy to play the game. So that means you can be more social. It is about laughter, togetherness, and it is about those kind of quick yet fun epic moments where you play some awesome card and it reveals something or these kind of things. And the relationships are first in a filler game. And the game acts as sort of just a hum in the background that we kind of hang our relationships on. And 
in the class, if it's always boom, 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 this is important, this is graded, this is building you towards something, if it's just that, that is an exhausting hamster wheel for our students to be on, both like physically as well as mentally, right? And so as we know the importance of social emotional learning, I think creating a space and place and a time, these class fillers, we can hang our relationships on those fillers a little bit. And when we do have to turn our attention back to the work, it can it can help us get there. So those are kind of my, my big whys. I could probably drift into some other whys, but I think that really does a good job of explaining kind of the why behind a board game filler and the why behind a class filler. Uh, what they both have in common, I think we we've discussed these this this comparison that they they fit a time role and they fit a relationship role that's needed in our classrooms. So there there is definitely some overlap there, and I like that. Now, examples of class fillers. This is what I told you you had to kind of wait till the end of the podcast for. Uh, this is what what are some fillers that I have used in my classroom. Now, fillers in the classroom side of things have to be both that time bound. Like we said, we can't have this take more than, I mean, 30 minutes max, but I will tell you most of these are things I can fit in 10 or even five minutes if kids are ready, no the game. And so you new teachers, I sort of hinted at that. This is one of those things where you want to get some of the protocols, some of the things you're going to run in your classroom over and over and over again. It's worth taking time. So maybe the first time you play any one of these games, maybe it does take you 20 minutes because you have to explain it and show it for 10 minutes or maybe even 15 minutes, but then you play for five. But now the next time you play it, you can get straight to just playing it for five. And this is huge. So I've always thought as a new teacher or for new teachers, we should tell you guys that it's worth that time investment, especially earlier in the year. Here we are getting this podcast mid-year, but whenever you've stumbled upon this podcast or this idea of setting up time around protocols that you might be able to use, it then gives you so much more flexibility as a teacher. You now have these building blocks that you can click in and make any lesson sort of rounded out. And so here are some of the ones I've done in the past and have really enjoyed. So one that goes way back to my, my first classroom I ever had, um, (laughs) <laughs> I remember, you know, some of my lesson plans like were either way too big and it would take like two days to finish what I thought was going to finish in one class or way too small. And you're like, I have 15 minutes left and I have a class full of kids staring at me like I'm the teacher and I know what to do in the next minute. And I'm like, I don't know what to do in the next 15 minutes. And so one of the ones I came up with back then was called Super silent. And every time I launch this game at the beginning of the year, I make it a, I make it a kind of a big deal. I say, all right, you guys, like we had a great day in class. And cause I was able to wrap up everything that I wanted to wrap up. You guys were on point answering questions. And I didn't have to like say, come on, anybody, 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 anybody. We ended up with this little extra time at the end. And as such, I want to play a game called super silent. And when I tell them about super silent, I explain it, that they are going to be presented with different challenges throughout the year of super silence 
And it's kind of like a game of levels. And you have to get through the first level to the second level to the third level. I tell them that it resets at the quarter's end. This is this helps me not have to invent a million different levels. I only have to invent a few levels because we're going to go back to level one at the quarter's end. And here's kind of the fun speech I give. I say, in Super Silent, you have to control every single noise during the challenge. That means... You know, if your chair makes noise, you got to make it so it doesn't make noise. If your table makes noise, you got to make it so your table doesn't make noise. You personally, I can't hear you make noise. So if you're, if you have to stand up and your knee cracks, we just lost that round. Now these are quick rounds. These are like 10 second rounds. I mean, they're not hard. So in a super silent level one is super basic because you want to give them some traction. And this is level one is they have to start seated. And all they have to do is stand up. And so you tell them, ready, set, go. And you're just listening for like a knee crack, uh, a chair, a little, you know, as the little feet, the uneven feet click the floor. And you're saying like, nope. And they're all like, can we try again? And you're like, yeah. And you're ready, set, go. And then like, again, you're waiting and click and click. And eventually they do it. And again, you can, I, I mean, one of the tips I'd give you is talk over their actions. Like, and what I mean by that is when you want to try to have a more likely successful run, talk and say like, come on guys, you can do this. And that you saying, come on guys, you can do covers somebody's little knee cracking and this other thing. And now they can be <laughs> more successful. Your choice on that, how like militant you want to be, uh, but then they move to the second level and the third level. And I just, just to run through a few off the top of my head, like the second level I think is they have to stand up and then hold it for 30 seconds where they don't laugh or giggle or whatever. That's a fun one. I've had that they have to uh, start with their chair pull, pushed in and they have to pull it out and sit down. I have it that they have to go around their desk. I have it that they all start on one side of the classroom with their hands touching the wall and they have to all make it across the other side of the classroom their, with one of their hands touching the wall without talking or without making any noise, right? All sorts of different things. I've had them start on the floor and they have to stand up, start crisscross applesauce, right? Like pick their book up from the floor, but start standing. That one, definitely a lot of like knees and stuff crack on that one. So super fun game, super easy. Once you go through that speech of like, this is the game and this is the rules and this is what you're gonna have to do. Um, then then it's just seriously like a game you can fit into 15 seconds end of the day end of the period and or middle of the period if you want and kids get that sense of progression i keep track i have a little spot on my board where i tally what each of my periods are at and they get kind of excited about that and they already learned in my pitch of this that they got to do it because we had a little extra time so if this is a game they want to get back to, then we're going to have to produce that extra time. And that works out real, real nice. Another style game that I've done that's similar to that is called the beanbag toss. I get these little square beanbags uh, and kind of like you would with maybe cornhole or something like that. If you've played that yard game, a little smaller, they're a little more in the palm of your hand. Uh, beanbags and same thing they stand they spread around the room and they have to toss the beanbag their job it's not it's not uh 
Their job isn't to try to get people out. Their job is to try to survive as long as they can. And I, as the judge, am looking for good tosses and good catches. So they're tossing underhand. That's one of my rules. They can't move. They have to be where they were. They can pivot. That's all. So they can kind of turn around and see if it's behind them or whatever. And they're just tossing. And then it's kind of like super silent. They're not super silent. Well, it is that. They can't talk. They can't make noise. Um, but it's a little like Simon says is the comparison I want to make. Sorry, had a little COVID brain fog moment there. But uh, it's like Simon says, except there's no Simon. Everything you say, there's the base rules of toss underhand, spread out, you can't move, and you can't talk, and good tosses and good catches. So if you make a bad toss, if you like look at somebody's eye and then toss to somebody else and they don't catch it, I'm going to blame that on you, the tosser, and you are out and you have to sit down. And then we're just trying to see who can be the last person standing. Uh, but just like Simon says, the, on top of the base rules, you're going you're gonna to add another rule. And so I might say, like, stand on one foot. Uh, if I want to keep two rules in existence, I'm going to say continue to stand on one foot and put your left hand behind your back, right? Or if I just say put your left hand behind your back, they now can stand with both feet and just have their left hand. And you just add these zany things to them, and they're tossing, 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 reduce, reduce, reduce. And when I get down to the final four, I usually pause the game and put two people on one side of one of the tables and two on another, and now they're tossing above the table, and then I call below the table, and they're tossing below the table. Sometimes I put a chair on the table, and I say it has to be above the table, but below the chair, all sorts of zaniness. And again, just trying to be the last person standing Super easy one. That one can take like anywhere from two minutes, depending on how hard you want to make it, to like 10 minutes max, max. And it doesn't usually take that long. But that's just another silly, fun game. I have a few more to fly through here. This next one's super simple. For anybody that does EMC2, you know that I really like some time challenges. So a lot of times we'll do some sort of pedagogy and then they only have five minutes in each round. I think that's another, it's not so much a filler, but it's once you do some of these other time challenges, now they know how to do that. So I could at any moment ask them to load up Google Slides and you have five minutes to do this. Boom. Uh, It's not so much a filler because that still would be academic, but um, it's good. It's good. Next one is just a simple copycat. This is a good brain break. Tell them to stop. Everybody stand up and you have to, Copy everything I do until I say the word stop. And then if you say something, they have to repeat it. If you move your arms, they move your, their arms. I typically like to do this the silent version because I'm trying to calm people down a little bit. So again, I usually don't talk or make noise like that. I just you know, move my left arm above my head, my right arm below, and then switch it. And then do one spin or pat my my knees and then like clap my hands and they're all mimicking everything you're doing. Uh, there is no like right or wrong. You're just doing that. And it, that that's like 30 seconds to five minutes tops and can, can be good. I've done it on field trips when they're kind of loud and zany. And then I do it on the bus, uh, while we're waiting to get off the bus or something. If we're checking with the place we're going to, uh, we did an evacuation drill and we were outside and everybody was kind of like talking and being crazy. And the principal's like, we gotta be quiet. We gotta be quiet. We gotta be quiet. And so I just did that silent game. And actually that one, I didn't even tell them we were going to play it. 
I just stood in front of them and then I started doing it. And then all of a sudden some kids noticed and some other kids noticed Then all the entire sixth grade was copying my movements quietly. So good one to have in your back pocket. Another one is a classic game. I think it goes by the game by the name poison. And this is, you just get it. Everybody stands up and the next person can say the next two numbers up to the next two numbers. So if I was to start the game and you were playing with me, listener, and I say one, two, then you can say three, or you can say three, four. The next person could say five or five, six, right? Whatever the next set of two numbers are. The person that has to say the number 10 is out and they sit down and you just keep going. Then it resets, right? And the next person says one or one, two, and it keeps going, going, going until there's only one person left. Super easy. Takes probably two to five minutes and is so much fun kids like dig that sort of like getting somebody out right there's that little take that element and my last one is one i wrote about in explore like a pirate this one is where we're counting uh we're picking a number so if everybody was playing with me on well played here you'd all pick a number let's say between 30 and and one or one to 30 and whoever has the most, whoever has the unique call of that number and the lowest of that number or whatever, (laughs) excuse me, wins. So for example, I, you know, you'd say 30, no one has a 29, 28, maybe you should start at 20 in your classroom, right? 20, 19, 18. Oh, we have an 18. And you kind of say like, all right, currently there's only one 18. You know, Jimmy is winning. Then you say 17, nobody. 16, two kids raise their hand. You're both out. It wasn't unique. So they lost. Jimmy's still winning. And then 15, 14. Oh, there's only one 13. Well, Jimmy, you just lost. Now this unique 13 is winning. Then 12, 11, 10, 9. And it's so fun because... Uh, a lot of people shy away from those low numbers and then all of a sudden there is a unique three, a unique two and a unique one. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And then the next game, like there'll be 10 people that try one because they're like, see, it worked, you know? And then all of a sudden it's like the person that took the number seven wins. I've had kids like keep stats on this and we've done it quite a bit. It's a lot of fun to see uh, and play out over time. Again, two to five minutes once they know how to play the game. So, that is all we have for well played this week i hope you enjoyed this podcast and as always if you want to comment back or join in the conversation on well played you can use the hashtag well played podcast and join in the conversation i'd love to hear from you and your thoughts of these fillers or if you have other fillers if you have links to a blog post or anything like that that's a filler that you want to share with us let us know And let us know if you use fillers in the classroom because that's awesome. That's super awesome. If you haven't used fillers in the classroom, I hope this gets you started. It's a great thing for so many reasons. All right, everybody, have a great day and play on.